Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and Premier Lighting. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Bakersfield Observed podcast. We record it right here at the American General Media offices off California Avenue and Highway 99 in Bakersfield. This podcast airs weekly, and it complements the work of the Bakersfield Observed blog that I produce weekly. You can access this podcast via Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also access it on kernradio.com. Look, we cover a lot of top topics on this podcast everything from the latest in cancer treatment with dr robbie patel which we did last week to local politics to the rise and fall of a local monsignor accused of sexual abuse we do a little of everything as long as it is local and today we're going to have a little fun we're we, we are featuring another podcast produced right here in bakersfield devoted to some of our community's most notorious crimes it's called no surprise here notorious bakersfield and it was created by our guest today mr robert peterson and it deals with some compelling stories ripped right off the front pages of today's newspapers so let's give a big bakersfield observe welcome to mr robert peterson our guest today creator author and narrator of the notorious bakersfield podcast robert welcome how are you thank you richard thank you for having me i'm great uh, terrific. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Robert, great to have you on this show. Can we start off by, if you could tell us a little bit something about yourself, not uh, a little, little personally, you grew up here, a little I background? Was born, I was born here in Bakersfield. Um, I grew up all over the world. My dad was in oil, and so we grew. I grew up overseas. We lived overseas until the last two years of high school and came back to Bakersfield, and uh, I graduated from Highland High School. Excellent. Where did you live overseas? We lived in Tripoli, Libya, um, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, and Jakarta, Indonesia. Wow. Now, what was that like? So this was right right up until your high school years or part of your high school years? Um, it was all through elementary, junior high, and then um, two years of high school. Okay, but you were born here, so when you came back, you knew where you were. You you knew where you were going, right? Oh yeah, my my mom was born and raised in Bakersfield. She was a Bakersfield native, um, and so Bakersfield's always been home. Um, the whole time we were overseas, my parents had their house here in Bakersfield and rented it out. So we always knew Bakersfield was going to be our landing spot whenever we came back. Ah, terrific! And what kind of work do you do, or did you do? Yeah, uh, retail. Um, right now, I take care of my aunt. Okay, very very good. Now, have you always been a news junkie, uh, so to speak? I, 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 I want to curious about what got you into this. You know? I've always been uh, a news junkie. I've always been interested in current events and followed big stories in the uh, local and national and international. And um, it's just always been an interest of mine. And why podcasts? Uh, I don't know. I just started listening to podcasts 
a few years ago, and and uh, um, then when I started, uh, you know, Notorious Bakersfield kind of was born from COVID because I, you know, most people turned to streaming uh, movies and TV shows when COVID first hit. Mm-hmm. And I started reading archive Bakersfield, Californian stories. No kidding, really. And, you know, these stories need to be retold, and uh, uh, that's all I'll do. I'll, I'll start a podcast, and uh, and that was the birth of Notorious Bakersfield. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now you were on uh, when when I introduced you, and I said this is podcast number, I believe, thirty four. You're you're in the thirties of your podcast too, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I started out. I was only going to do it once. Uh, or do it release an episode every other week, and then you know, you know, I, if I, as long as it's not a turns that doesn't turn into a job, I'll do it once a week, and mm-hmm. uh, and so, anyways, I I skipped a few episodes at the very beginning, but it's weekly now. So. Yeah, well, it's terrific stuff. I I saw that you I I had seen some of your podcasts being shared on social media, and I just started listening. I will tell you, I think that's terrific. Everybody loves a good crime story. Everybody loves a good local story. And some of these stories you have picked out are are really really compelling. I'll tell you this too, Robert. I moved here up from I moved up from L- L.A. in 1994 to work at the Californian as as its then editor. I remember people telling me they're going they're they're going Bean. You don't know what it, I don't know what it was like in in L.A. But Bakersfield has incredible stories, incredible crime stories. And I'm I'm reading the list of some of the topics that you have addressed and they're all terrific tell me a little bit about how you go about choosing stories and how and what you find compelling in them well first of all it's not just crime stories uh i i I find i I do you know general interest stories too i did a story about um wiley and grace doris and um grace doris was um, one of the first women elected to the California Assembly. Oh, okay. And she was from right here in Bakersfield, and people have forgotten about her. Hmm. You know, when she died, when she passed away in the 70s, there was a write-up in the Californian about her, but there's very little information available about her. Um, that's what's kind of disappointing about this, is that you just kind of run into dead ends. Like, what was Grace Doris like? And... Uh, there's not many people that can answer that question today. You just have to rely on the little bit of information that's out there. So somebody that is a, a trail, you know, was a trailblazer, and and uh, um, for her time, there's just so little information about her. But she was right here from California, from Bakersfield. You know, you you have a lot to choose from crime and human interest stories and whatever. How do you go about choosing your topics? I mean, how do you go when you said you were reading through the Californian archives? Are you literally going like week by week, or do you just start at a year, or do you start at you know nineteen fifty four, or how do you do that? It's just kind of a hit and miss thing. If something grabs yeah. my interest, I uh, I go with it. And uh, the first story that I I covered. Um, was the first story that I was like, whoa, I've never heard of this. It was, it was a murder that happened in 1927. It was a mother named uh, Ferry uh, Cornell and Ferry Gerace. Hmm. Um, uh, Ferry Cornell and her daughter, Ferry Gerace. And it was a mother-daughter, and they were murdered by Odd Cornell, um, the mother's husband. And uh, I'd never heard that story before. And it was something that was in the news for decades um, Odd Cornell lived to be one of the oldest uh, ex- or, or, oldest 
uh, convicts in San Quentin. Huh. And uh, and when he was paroled, he was finally paroled back here to Bakersfield um, in the 70s. He died in 77. So, hmm. Robert, how, how how do you do, do you rely solely on the Californian archives? You're also using court records, access to 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 filed court documents. How does this work? I do sometimes. I, I do do court rec- <laughs> uh, court records that are on online. Um, I haven't gone to the courthouse and gotten any court records yet. Um, but I will eventually. Um, but usually, if there's if there's an appeal or something, those appeals are online um, for these old cases. And yeah, I, you know, Google is a friend too. So well, sure, sure. Now, are, are are there times when you're you're going through? Are you looking for cases that you already know about, or is it more a serendipitous uh, exploration where you're just going through past documents and finding? Finding yeah. stories that perhaps you didn't even know existed. Yeah, that's pretty much usually that's usually the case. Um, that I'll just go through a news, an old newspaper, and like, oh, that's interesting, and then I'll, I'll search more on it and, and uh, get more information about it. But yeah, that's that's usually the case. That's usually mm-hmm. how I do it. I'm not, you know, a lot of people. I, I ask listeners to uh, um, suggest stories for me. Uh, one of the most requested stories is the Vincent Brothers murders, uh-huh. yeah. and um, and I'm not opposed to doing that. I'm just not real excited to do that because the information is it's been done. What had happened in 2004? Yeah, right. Um, it, it happened in the age of the internet, so there's plenty of information right. out there right. that, that you know you can research and and find. I what really grabs my attention are stories where the information isn't that available. And you have to get it from old Californian stories or other newspapers. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at some of the the headlines I jotted down from going over listening to some of your podcasts. One of them was titled "The Rosedale Car Bombing Killer Santa at Den, at Denny's," the '52 earthquake from we're familiar with, Oildale serial rapist, and one of my favorites that I read. I want you to talk about is the story about Ralph Smith, who was a developer in town, who lived up on Panorama Drive. And anybody who lives in this town is familiar. I, I'm, 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 read, I'm listening to your podcast, Robert, and I'm wondering, which house is that up there? Because I know I could probably point it out. But talk to us about how, how th- this story developed and tell us a little bit about who Ralph Smith was and this harrowing, harrowing experience he had up there. Yeah, he was, uh, Ralph Smith was a realtor, realtor, developer, builder in Bakersfield, many of the neighborhoods along South Chester and Truxton Avenue and West Chester and a lot of the Northeast uh, Bakersfield around the college, um, a lot of those developments were built by Ralph Smith. There were several other builders, um, uh, Paolo was involved, and his wife, they lived on Panorama, and his wife was getting dinner ready and um, waiting for her husband to come home. And uh, um, a car full of uh, escaped convicts from, um, I'm trying to think, it was out of state. And they just pulled up and a home invasion robbery, and they held her hostage. And then their son came home, and they held him hostage, and then... When Ralph Smith came home, they got him and took him to their his downtown office to get money and 
Anyways, there was when they got back to the house, there was a scuffle, and Ralph Smith was shot four times in the scuffle, and and uh, uh, he survived, and uh, um, I guess he lived a long life after that. But the the the, the escaped convicts they were they were captured and convicted, and several of them were released from prison and went on and and committed more crimes <laughs> as the case may be is often the case, I guess. You know, when when you're it, it, that that was a terrific story. I I love I, I love this the, the part when the story when you're you're telling us about it on the podcast, uh, where Ralph Smith I I guess looks at his son was he or or uh-huh. and goes you know I've had enough of this basically and yeah. and char- yeah. charged him or grabbed him yeah. or something like that yeah. yeah and they they shot him four times so yeah, incredible yeah Great. he was he was a, he was really lucky and. Uh, and then, and then one of the one of the uh, people that did the home invasion, they got shot. They kind of just all ran from the house, right. you know. Once this happened, and and so the cops were getting, and this was before nine one one was available. So you know, you had to call the operator back then, and so they, the 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 home invaders they ran to another house with these bullet wounds, and they show up to a neighbor's house. And the neighbors don't know what's going on. <laughs> and oh, it, it happened to be a, a another builder that was in the area, their, the, the other builder's house. And they the the police were getting all these calls for they weren't at one location; they're at different locations. They're at Ralph Smith's house, the neighbor's house, and then when one of the one of the home invaders escaped he stole a car and wrecked it on river and panorama right so the cops were getting all these calls and they never knew it was connected until you know finally you know <laughs> i think you mentioned one of the times that one of the victims i don't know if it was ralph whoever ran out of the house and they heard the sirens coming down panoramic uh, panorama going east and they went right past the house because they <laughs> headed toward the car accident instead of them yeah exactly so that's when the neighbor took took uh the the home invader to the hospital and uh, you know then ralph smith at the hospital too and he's like why are you with the guy that shot me yeah right (laughs) right you know when you when 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 you when you're researching these things uh, going uh, what what year was this was this smith incident um it was late 60s early 70s okay do you do you get a sense in in reading these historical documents uh, and newspapers, which, which of, of course you know don't tell the whole story, just tell you what they know up to that point. Right. Do, do do you get a sense of how big a story this was back there in the nineteen sixty something Bakersfield? To, it sounds like a huge story to me right now. You know, sixty yeah. years later, what what was it like back then? Um, uh, kind of the placement, you know, where it is in the newspaper tells me it was a big story. Um, back then, but but yeah, it, and and how long it go, how long it runs in the paper uh-huh, also right. gives you an indication of how big of a story it was. Yeah, so. right, right. Tell me about the Oildale serial rapist. Um, you know that was something I, I had to talk to Michael Trahey about that. Um, <laughs> he was he he covered that for the California, uh-huh. so I emailed him to find find out more information about it from him. What was interesting about that is that the 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 police knew that there was a serial rapist, and reporters knew that there was a serial rapist.
wanted to keep it because they they were they were had you know stakeouts in the neighborhood. They were in uh, it wasn't confined to Oildale. He was in um, Oleander and Northeast Bakersfield, and they didn't want to give away that they were on to him. Um, that the they did, the police didn't want to give it away that that they were onto the rapist. So I guess the the reporters decided to not report on it and um so uh, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of stories in the californian leading up to it okay so it basically you just had once he was caught and then after that so but there there are quite a few victims um that that he was responsible for yeah Oh, that's incredible. You've been doing this for a while now. Do you, do you ever get a, a sense that, or do you ever fear that you're just going to run out of content, that there's just not <laughs> enough good stories out there? That has crossed my mind, but, but you know what? I, I don't think so. I think, I think there's plenty of, plenty of material out there and, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 but it has crossed my mind, and that's not the first time I've been asked that. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about this podcast stuff because uh, I'm new. I'm new to the game as as well, and a lot of this for me surrounds questions uh, like, "What does success look like? How do you judge if your podcast is reaching the audience that that you want it to? How do you promote it? How do you tweak it? Talk to me a little bit about." You haven't done a podcast prior to this, have you? Never, no. Yeah, so so talk. I mean, t- I mean, number one, I I have to compliment you. You've got a terrific voice for it, and oh, that's a that's a lot of it right there. You know, I mean, you sound like an old style newscaster, which I like. <laughs> you know, but tell me, talk to me about the process of of starting this thing, how you tweaked it, what your expectations were going into it. Uh, you know, I had to I, I had to uh, realize going into it that. I'm probably not going to get rich doing it. That it, I'm going to have to treat it like a hobby, um, but but with with hope that I might be able to make a couple dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't have any illusions of, of of getting rich. It always helps when 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 you factor that in, right? You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as long yeah. as you're not going to pay the mortgage off it, you can <laughs> you can take it a little bit farther. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm not going to be. A, I, I don't I don't have any expectations of being a Joe Rogan or anything mm-hmm. like that. And that's what you know. I think people starting out—that's what they're—they have these these expectations that it's going to take off, and they're going to be the next Joe Rogan. Which is, you know, if if that can happen, great. But mm-hmm. um, I have I have tempered those expectations, uh, and and I'm independent, and I can pick and choose. There's nobody behind me telling me what stories they want me to cover or how to cover it, and and uh, um, I do it how I want to do it. So um, that's important to me, too. How do you promote the podcast? Um, through social media. Um, and, yeah, social media mostly, and word of mouth. And yeah. you have you have metrics do you follow? Are you a slave to the metrics? Are you, are, uh, do you have an internal, uh, uh, in, internal number or goals that you're trying to reach as far as audience or what, what makes you feel good after you put one out? Is it feedback from individuals or it's a number of people who have listened to it or the time they've spent on it or what does that uh, look kind like? Of, kind of the both, kind of both, um, getting feedback, um, um, helps, uh, it keeps me from getting discouraged when, if, if an episode doesn't get as many 
downloads as I expect it to get or hope that it will get. Um, and then somebody says, hey, that, w- that was a great episode. or um, So that, that helps um, also. But, yeah, I, I, I try not to focus too much on how many downloads, um, especially around the holidays. We just came out of the holidays, and, and it's like, oh, man, nobody's listening. Yeah, nobody listens to the holidays, do they? Yeah, right. <laughs> But that's kind of a misnomer, too, because people are traveling, and, and most people um, listen to podcasts when they're in their cars. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows? <laughs> what about your yourself? Uh, are you a big podcast listener, producing one yourself? I do. I, 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 I approach podcasts with two different, uh, for entertainment purposes, and then to get ideas for my podcast, you know, thinking, um, how can I learn from other podcasts and, and uh how they do theirs. So, so what are some of the other podcasts that you like? Oh goodness, <laughs> um, some of them are in, in news and politics. Um, there's one that I really like that I'm. It, 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 there's a great podcast. It's a true crime story that I'm going to cover on Notorious Bakersfield, and it was um, a serial arsonist and um, a Bakersfield fire. Uh, department arsonist he was the reason he was caught and um anyways the the podcast that's out there is called firebug mm-hmm. and it's excellent it's uh excellently produced and uh um i just love everything about it but i and i recommend it to other people and i'm and i plan on do, covering that same story um in a future episode so. Okay. Well, I'm going to get back to this again because I'm curious because you and I are kind of doing the same thing in, in, in a way. But we, we, when you say it's an excellent podcast, what makes it excellent? Is it the topic? Is it the presentation? Is it the, the narration? All of the above? Yeah, uh, all, the, all of the above, something that captures your attention and, and keeps it. Um, uh, another one that I, True Crime Garage is something else that I listen to consistently and it's two guys that that talk about uh true crime and uh while drinking beer (laughs) (laughs) and how long do you plan to keep this going um i don't have any expectations really um just as long as i still have stories to do so tell me about the 52 earthquake Uh, since i uh, moved here i have found that and even when i was running the, the local newspaper here uh anybody who came out of the newspaper business knows that one of the most pop easiest and most popular things you could do is if you have space in the in in, in the paper every day is to pop in some old pictures you know yeah yeah uh, here's pictures of you know uh, bakersfield 1952 here's the clock tower right after right. the earthquake things like that so I can imagine that must have been a really popular podcast. Plus, you have you, you have people who were who who remember it, who, who yeah. remember being awakened as children. Talk to me about that. Who are still who are still around, right? Uh, for it, my main you know what people don't realize is that the the earthquake, uh, the trembler that 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 did the most damage in Bakersfield was actually an aftershock mm-hmm. to the original earthquake that happened a month prior and a lot of people don't remember that they think they're two separate earthquakes mm-hmm. it was a it was an aftershock and the aftershock was actually smaller it was smaller 
than the original earthquake. And so my big question was, why was this smaller earthquake, or aftershock, I should say, mm-hmm. shaker, I guess, why was it, why did it do so much more damage in Bakersfield than the, the original one the month prior? And that was my big question. You know, that, Did I you get that really, answered? Yeah, I, I had a, a, a guest on, um, they were, they're a, a geologist, mm-hmm. and they said that it was because where it was located on the, on the fault, wow. and I never realized that. Yeah, it was on the same fault, but a different location on the fault. Right, so. right, right. When, when, when you're doing these, Robert, and we're talking to Robert Peterson, who, who's the founder and creator and narrator of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast, uh, talking a lot about crime and earthquakes and, and, and other events and slices of life. It's wonderful stuff. I would encourage everybody uh, to check it out on wherever you get your podcast. But can you learn anything when you when you spend so much time with history about this town we call home, about maybe how we react to certain things or how it changed or what it was like back then? Uh, have, have, have you drawn any conclusions from any of this? You know, it, it makes me appreciate... It makes, as, as, as frustrating as our criminal justice system is, you know, a lot of times... A lot of times I think, oh, God, how'd that person only get so many years for that horrible crime, you know? Um, and, and I'm as frustrated as the next person when it comes to stuff like that. Um, yet then it makes me appreciate um, where we came from. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't covered this story yet. I've, it's one that I've researched. It's not really a Bakersfield story, but um, somebody was convicted and executed for a murder that the only evidence they had against them was for wearing the dead man's clothes. Really? In the, in the 1800s, yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, how do they even know that guy was murdered? You know, they found his body, um, and it had injuries on it, but he fell off his horse. So mm. do we know if those injuries were, you know, happened when he fell off his horse, or was he bucked off his horse? And they convicted a guy for for his murder uh, with just that evidence. Oh, and, you know, so so it, it, I it, I appreciate where we came from. You know that we we uh, our standards are a little better than than back then. Sure. Tell me about some of the feedback that you've gotten. Um, I'm real positive. You know, everybody you know that gives me feedback is real positive. I have gotten some flack for for bringing up. Um, some not so happy memories of our of our community, but I've been accused of being, you know, morbid or ghoulish, <laughs> if you will. But you know, uh, these these stories are part of our community's history. You know, as, as depressing as they are, and it's been said that everyone dies twice. Uh, the first time is when we actually physically die. And the second time is when the last person to ever have a memory of us dies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I like to think I'm resurrecting these memories. These There you go. Yeah. 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 You're doing, doing good work. In, in terms of setting this up for people who, who really don't know what's involved in creating a, a podcast, 
can, can you tell us how, how that worked? How, you know, was, was it a costly endeavor or are you doing this off your phone or how is this working? <laughs> I, surprisingly, it's not, uh, you don't have to invest too much. I think you can start a podcast probably under a hundred dollars, a uh, couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. with a microphone and computer, um, internet connection and a, uh, podcast hosting site. Hmm. And, uh, that you know, I did I did some research online on on how to choose a, a podcast hosting site, and I do everything from my walk-in closet in my bedroom. So. You have a walk-in closet. That's where I'm. That's you my just dis- you just disappear in there. <laughs> Sometimes you'll get the dog barking in the background, or the gardeners are mowing the lawn, which you probably heard today. So. I, I love it. <laughs> now, it, it, now for, for those of us who. Uh, are kind of late, late, late to the game here. Now, when I go to your to your site, Notorious Bakersfield site, I can subscribe to it, so it's going to alert me when you have a new podcast, right? Yeah, I uh, I'm on all the podcast li- apps like you are. I think um, I'm on Spotify too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a website, NotoriousBakersfield.com, and uh, all the episodes are available there. But if you listen to podcasts on apps um all you do is subscribe and then it'll alert you whenever um there's a new podcast okay and how do, are you do you solicit uh even though this thing is not and you know at it doesn't come at an enormous cost i mean you have do have it, it is out of your pocket yeah. you, you solicit support don't you i do i do i ask for donations <laughs> and uh and you can do that right on the right on the on the podcast yeah i have uh yeah Right. Uh, on NotoriousBakersfield.com. Right. Well, t- tell us about what, what's coming up next. What kind of stories are you looking for? Yeah. Um, well, that's that uh, you being an ex-Californian, um, Bakersfield, Californian employee, I'm, the, I'm working on a story um, that I'm going to release Tuesday. Um, I re- re- release an episode every Tuesday. And this one is a Bakersfield, Californian columnist that... Uh, Shot somebody eighteen times and killed him. So you told I me. Mean, in, in, in all fairness, uh, Robert told me this before we went. We went on the air. I spent twenty six years at the at the Cal. Not twenty six. Twenty two years at the California. Never heard of this guy. Sounds like a great story. Another story was missed on my watch. Tell us about this columnist who killed somebody. Uh, he uh, he was a. His name was Gene Harrington, and he was a. He was in Tatchby Prison and. He caught the eye of uh, the management of the Californian. Um, I guess he had written some letters to the editor or something, and they tapped him as like their man in Tatchby, and he'd write about criminal justice. Okay, wait, wait, wait. He was in prison. He was in prison. Writing to the Californian. Uh Uh-huh. They liked the way he wrote, so after he gets out of prison— He's like covering criminal justice in no, Tehachapi. He, he was in prison. He oh, was okay. in prison, and he'd write columns for the Californian about criminal justice. Wow! Yeah, that's that is that's terrific. But go ahead. Yeah. And uh, he he uh, got paroled. Well, before he got paroled, the Californian actually arranged for him to be furloughed to be at their booth at the fair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because he had such a huge following, he had such a huge readership, 
And he had this fan base in Bakersfield, so they had him come to the fair and be at their booth. And so he goes back to prison. I think that was uh, in October, the fair was, September, October. And then he was paroled um, the following um, Thanksgiving. And he was, the Californian gave him a couple scholarships. The current press club um, gave him some scholarships. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then um, he shot a guy 18 times. <laughs> Well, when he was on death row, was he still writing columns for the no, California I, about the criminal justice system? Yeah, no, he got, um, he pled guilty, that'll be in the story, he pled guilty to um, a manslaughter charge, and he got 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a interesting, it's an interesting story, so. Well, I don't know how, how you do it, maybe it's just you, you've got a good head for it, but back in the day to show my age back in the newspaper business we used to talk about all, all your stories you're dealing with robert what we call used to call hey martha stories stories where you know the husband is reading the paper and go hey martha you got to read this you know yeah. this is a, you know <laughs> but is, is there something that you know w w when you're researching this stuff and you go this is a hey martha story this is a story i've got to share yeah it was the <laughs> it, it was the um the girl that was dropped off on the side of the freeway. Um, oh, talk talk about that. Yeah. In 1962, I think it was. Um, this the California Highway Patrol got a call about this girl on the side of the freeway, like five years old, four or five years old, and the uh, highway patrolman got there, and sure enough, there was a girl on the side of the freeway. Nobody around her. And, you know, they, she said that her name was Jody, and she had Jody Smith, and she was from Bakersfield. Well, of course, you know, the Sheriff's Department starts looking at all the Smiths that live in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. It's knocking on all, everybody's yeah. doors, and nobody knows who this girl is. So finally the, the AP uh, picks up the story, the Associated Press, runs the story with the girl's picture, and finally somebody in, in the L.A. area calls the sheriff's department and says, she looks like a, a neighbor girl that used to live next door to me. Oh, boy. And so they took her down there, and, and they found the parents, or the mother and stepfather, and sure enough, that they asked her, do you know, do you have a little girl named Jody who's, you know, missing? And they said no. And so then they brought in Jody, and she goes, hi, Mommy. Oh! <laughs> That's terrific. That, that, that is great. That's great. All right. Once again, we've been talking to Robert Peterson. Robert, I sure appreciate your time. The podcast is called Notorious Bakersfield. It's on virtually every platform where you can share and access your podcast. He's also got a local website called NotoriousBakersfield.com, I believe. Is that right, Robert? Yeah, and you can get, you can have access and and get his whole bio and the story there. It's a wonderful addition to our community and our community's history. I believe these the you know accessing stuff like this is the only way you get to know all the uh, 
quirks and eccentricities of this place we call home. Robert Peterson, thank you for being on Bakersfield Observe. I will be following you, my friend, and I urge all of my friends to do the same. Thank you, thank sir. Thank you so much. Okay, buddy. Thank you so much, Robert. All Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and Premier Lighting.